These are felony crimes in New York State, no matter who you are. We cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. And I never thought anything like this could happen in America. Never thought it could happen. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. Um, so a couple of things. Look, the president is uh, focused on securing America's uh, energy independence. And so that's the best way to ensure American families aren't subject to uh, the actions of those halfway around the world. The Inflation Reduction Act is, at its core, about turning the climate crisis into an economic opportunity. UConn entered the Final Four as the only team that had Final Four experience. And while it looked like it might be a mid-majors year, UConn said not so fast. It's not Cinderella's turn just yet. Defeating the Aztecs to win the national championship right here at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. And hindsight is 2020, right? It's easy to look back and say, since they dominated this tournament, it was obvious they were going to do so. But don't forget, they actually came in a tournament as a fourth seed, proving that they didn't get the respect that they felt they deserved. When it comes from the top down, my dad's kitchen table, not much dropped on that kitchen table from the top down. Welcome back to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 127 here on Wednesday, March 5th. I'm your co-host, Tom Pyle. And I'm a somewhat addled co-hostess, Mike McKenna. <laughs> Good morning, Mr. McKenna. How are you today? How's your week been? It's been okay. It's been okay. Mine's been pretty good. It's been hectic and a little bit crazy. So um, listen, let's just get this, let's just get this one out of the way early here. Uh Manhattan District Attorney Alvin L. Bragg Jr. yesterday announced the indictment of Donald J. Trump 76 for falsifying New York business records in order to conceal damaging information and unlawful activity from American voters before and after the 2016 election. As reported, as leaked, 34 counts of felony. Trump, Donald Trump, of course, was Donald Trump-esque in his management of this before, during, and after, uh, and a shot up in the polls. What are you thinking about on this one, Mr. McKenna? I think that, um, I think the indictment, the, the indictment was kind of weird. It didn't actually tell you what crime had been committed. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was going to get, let me get into that. Uh, let me read from you. You remember Greta? Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. Thunberg. Susteren. No, Greta Van Susteren. Yeah, she yeah. had an interesting tweet. I'd like to read it if you don't mind. Sure. Okay. This is bizarre. Where is the underlying crime that makes the indictment a felony? It's not stated in the indictment, and indictments must be must put the accused on notice and not make it a guessing game. This indictment is in deep trouble. That was legal eagle Greta Van Susteren's analysis of the of the of the indictments. So I encourage everybody to read it. It's only 16 pages, a quick read. 
Um, you know, we'll have it in the show notes for you. Yeah. It's uh, so that's one, right. And, and um, I mean, a different judge probably would have probably would have dismissed this right, right then would have said, Hey, you know, the indictment doesn't, doesn't um, present itself a cause of action. So I'm going to dismiss this whole thing. You can bring it back if you have something else. Um, I like to think that this judge is waiting for trial to do that, but I don't know. The other thing that struck me about it, I mean, given who he is, the other thing that struck me about it is that um, prosecution asked for a trial date to be set, I think, in December. December 4th, Mike. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a long dated trial date for. I mean, what I'd, I'd like to stop here and say this goes right back to the, the recent commentary that you had about about the democrats and 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 trump and their and their relate and their codependent relationship that why so long yeah it it well we'll get to that in a second the the where i think the defense i don't know i didn't obviously i wasn't in the courtroom i didn't see it but if i was the defense i would have said your honor we're ready to go tomorrow morning you know, put us on the calendar for your first open spot. We're ready to go. Now, the prosecutor is the guy who usually um, determines the tempo of this. But if defense says they're ready to go, usually the defense is the ones being slow, right? Like, hey, we need to think about this indictment and go get our own private investigators and blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 blah. Um, it, you know, it, were I the defense, I'd say, Your Honor, we're ready to hear the trial right now. Right now, right here, right now, we're ready to start calling our witnesses ready to make our case. I don't understand why the prosecution isn't. Um, just call them. Call them, right? Call call their bluff or just call them on it. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, the first, you know, the courtroom is, you know, I, I say this about New York City all the time. Courtrooms are like New York City, right? Never, ever, ever take a step backwards. Always take a step forwards. Always your first step should be forwards, right into the fight. Um, so... I don't know these lawyers. I don't know. Maybe they did, and like they got brushed off. But anyway, that was the second thing that struck me is you know, they set the they set the, the they set the trial date so that they're probably going to wind up you know with a convict you know a jury who convicts them on some or all of these counts, um, and then um, and then we're going to have the appeal process that's going right. to extend into right the in primary. the middle of the primary. Exactly. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, I'll just say it real quick because I haven't I haven't seen this commentary anybody anywhere else, which amazes me and i hope i don't see it till i get a chance to write my column on it um the democrats did this intentionally to freeze the republican primary um uh, public primary field right there's no way you can run a campaign against against president trump now if you're a republican you just can't because you look like you look you look you look like you're a co-conspirator. Are, are you saying that there's politics involved in this in this whole process? Uh, this whole thing is politics. But, I, but, but I, wait strikes a minute. Me, I, I mean, thought that I listened. <clears throat> I listened to C-SPAN for like an hour last night, and literally nobody said what I just said. And I'm like sitting there looking at the TV screen, going, "Okay, these guys, it, Axelrod, at least must know what the hell's going on. He must understand this, right? But it's so bad." It's, they're very disciplined, Mike. They're all in on it, right? Well, it's I mean, so it's so the, bad they can't even the they can't even tell you the truth about the conspiracy that they've hatched. I'm just like, guys, this is it's so obvious. It like stinks. Anyway, and you know, I mean, I don't really, you know, it it look the justice system is is pretty good, but in cases it's terrible, and this is terrible, and this guy Bragg is particularly bad, and it, truthfully. 
I mean, if I was the defense, I'd been like, look, I'm ready to go right now. And then, you know, my first motion, you know, just said, hey, look, Your Honor, I got to be honest with you. My first motion is going to be to dismiss this stuff. I move to dismiss all 34 counts because you yeah. don't have the underlying. Yeah. What are the underlying crimes? Yeah. And and after, you know what, after the after the process, I'll tell you right now, after the prosecution puts its case on, I'm going to I'm going to move to dismiss then, too. Right. For a judge for summary judgment, then, too. You know, the lawyers everywhere. My old man told me this. Right. He was a lawyer. Lawyers everywhere are so worried about like their position in the brotherhood that they just don't want to be aggressive ever. They don't want to they don't want to offend anybody. And I'm just like, what the hell? Why do you have a lawyer if you don't want to offend anybody? Well, I mean, I'm not saying that um well, I guess I am saying that. Uh, I I don't think President Trump would hate if the field were cleared for him either. Right? So, anyways, let let me chat about <laughs> that 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 is an interesting perspective I had not considered. Let me tell you about Alvin Bragg for a second. Uh, and I'll just read a quote from Victor Davis Hanson, the great Victor Davis Hanson. Should we laugh or cry when Alvin Bragg today said he indicted Trump because he would not quote unquote normalize criminal activity? This from a politicized prosecutor, prosecutor who systematically has normalized violent crime in New York City by not charging arrested felons or releasing violent arrested criminals without bail and whose stacked and redundant indictments of Trump have serially and feloniously, feloniously, feloniously felons, felonies been leaked. Who will police the police? He's downgraded like 52% of felonies to misdemeanors under his watch. Yeah, I think that's- now all of a sudden this rises to the level of a felony because nobody is above the law. Yeah, I, I you know, like I said, it, it's it's a terrible thing. I think the other thing I'd do if I was the defense team, I bring a I bring a um, I bring an action for disbarment because um, of the leak. I bring an action for disbarment against everybody in the in the DA's office. I mean, if 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 we're really going to play this game, this scorched earth litigation game, then we should play the scorched earth litigation. Did you, did game. you see Trump? For- already tweeted our truth social that out so, i don't know if you saw which motion for disbarment start yeah at the end of the day he he said that he should be in, uh indicted well for, he, for the leaks yeah here's the thing nobody knows there are a lot of people there are a lot of people all fairness he says he, they both know the same reporter basically that yeah mike is a mike is yeah but the thing is is that is that there's a lot of people who could have leaked it there are a lot of hands that that indictment went through a lot of hands and it's speaking not, of leak, and it's not necessarily somebody in the DA's office. It's not necessarily somebody in the DA's office, but by opening up that disbarment proceeding, you would force everybody to basically tell the truth about it, right? Because they get under oath and be like, "Hey, did you do it?" People are willing to give stuff to reporters, but you'd be amazed at how few people are willing to actually commit perjury. Yeah. Speaking of leaks, I wonder if, what the latest is on the uh, Dobbs leak. It just kind of disappeared, right? So, well, kind of, uh, you know, blame, okay. Blame the so, blame. The, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's not leave that. Now, there's only one person who who's to blame for that. Chief Justice. Roberts. Chief Justice. He's you know he he's the guy who ultimately gave up on it. You know what that means? That means one of his brethren gave it up, probably to box in the the two that they were worried about or something, right? Um, press Secretary Biden is working to be energy independent. 
Uh, like, he, like he himself? Yeah. Well, it, clearly the administration is doing everything they can to allow us to be in, to, to work towards our energy independence. We'll get into a little bit of energy later in the show, but I thought that was rather funny. Secretary, Treasury Secretary Yellen uh, in the never let a crisis go to waste camp uh, for the Democrats said the quiet part out loud about the Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah. Um, So I finally read through the EV tax guidance on that um, last night or two days ago now, two days ago. I know you wanted me to do it over the weekend. I didn't get to it right away. Um, so here's what they, here's what essentially they did, right? They re, they redefined what a free trade agreement was. Right. And then they're going to cut individual quote unquote, new free trade agreements with right. the, without, countries so with, they can skirt the, the domestic content. Right. Stuff, without right? involving the Senate, of course. So they, they basically, yes. so in guidance, they redefined what a free trade agreement was. It was funny. Yeah. We're just going to consider that like we have free trade agreements with these comp- with these countries. I'm like half of whom we have no agreements with at all. And then, uh, and then they did, they formalized the um, hey, we're gonna we're gonna um, get around the income thing by selling it to corporations who are then gonna lease it to you. Uh, and they passed off the what make what what is a battery? They 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 said, hey, we'll get that we'll get to that later on. I was amazed. I mean, I'm used to the IRS and tax, like assistant secretary for tax policy, being kind of high and wide on this stuff. But wow. I mean, I've never seen I've never seen them get just contrary to the intent of Congress, and that's what they did with this thing. If I was Senator Manchin, apart from being concerned about my own ability, um, my own reading comprehension, I would be I would be super concerned that they um, that they basically Treasury just hosed me. Yeah, he he already issued a blistering statement to that effect. And sent to, them a strongly worded letter. Is that what he did? To, to, to. Doing what senators do best, which is, you know, strenuously object. Your Honor, I strenuously I'm, object. I'm busy tuck-tutting you now. <laughs> um, in, in, yeah. In, 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 I want you to find this next week. In, in, the, um, in the play, in the movie, The Lion in Winter, it's a, it's a movie about Henry II who ruled what is now a good chunk of France and a good chunk of England um, from 11... 50-ish to 1189, right? And in the movie, they have him hollering at his wife. um, um, Oh, golly. I can't remember the historical character's name. This is so bad because she was was the... um, She was the mother of uh, two kings and the wife of two kings. Anyway, he's yelling at her and she's not paying any attention and he roars, right? Peter... Um, Peter, 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 golly, the actor. Don't get O'Toole. old. Peter O'Toole, thank you. Peter O'Toole yeah. hollers at her, I'm vilifying you, damn it. Pay attention. And, and <laughs> every time the senators go off on one of these things, I always think about that. Say, I'm, I'm vilifying you, for God's sake. Pay attention. You know, she's just like, I, hey, uh, I don't care about you. <laughs> and that was I treasury, always, right? I always hearken back to the, the a few good men line where uh, – What's her, uh, the lawyer, Demi Moore, was like, Your Honor, I object. <laughs> Your Honor, I strenuously object. <laughs> is that, and she sits down, and the funny thing is, is like, yeah. I think Cruz says, Is that, is that how it works? You strenuously object? <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Uh, it's just like okay. that. 
So congratulations, the Yukon Huskies beat the San Diego Aztecs, San Diego State University Aztecs for the national championship. It's fifth NCAA men's basketball championship. Um, I didn't really watch any of the March Madness this year, so I just wanted to acknowledge that historic fifth championship. Really? Why is it historic? I don't know. Just says it's historic. So, just, and then, <laughs> do we ask any questions anymore in this country? How's it historic? Who cares? And then, lastly, for some reason, President Biden's kitchen table either floated, or it was upside down, or I, I'm not quite sure. I think what he was trying to say that uh, nothing ever dropped onto his table from the top down. I, I, whatever the quote was my dad's kitchen table not much dropped on that kitchen table from the top down so i i don't more words of wisdom from president joseph just robin a biden the junior so president of the united states president of the united states uh announcements i have uh six by my count you want them all six actually they'll be they're they're all quick all right, combine them. I got three. Okay, first off, I want to say thank you to Henry uh, Barber and John Simpson for buying me breakfast this morning. That was very kind, and I appreciate you listening to my nonsense. Uh, that's one. Uh, two, I want to thank Ron Cormick, who is a listener to this here showgram, um, and I didn't get to him last week, and I feel bad about that. Three, and please don't cut this this week. I want to apologize to Shannon um, for going ranty on her the other day at dinner. Um I, I I apologize. Um, and then uh, Eleanor of Aquitaine is, of course, the the queen I was looking for. Eleanor of Aquitaine, probably only the most important female character in English speaking history. So I'm sorry I kind of screwed that up. And then last, I want to just a quick story. Um, there was a wrestling guy. There was a guy who wrestled in uh, in Central Virginia some years back, back when my boys were wrestling, and. Um, he won the state championship, and he was the first. He was the first central central region wrestler to win the state championship in like thirty years. And he, when asked by the press what he thought of it, you know, what he, what he, how he felt about it, he's like, "I shocked the world." And I was like, "When I hear that Connecticut UConn like their fifth national title is historic, I always think about this kid who shocked the world." I'm like, "Dude." I don't know how to tell you this, but literally nobody other than your parents and your friends are going to be aware of this, like <laughs> ever, ever. I actually, uh, I did, uh, I did in my research. I I came across somebody who was commenting on why UConn is so successful, and they're like, "Well, there's really nothing to do True. anywhere near the university, <laughs> so all we can and do do is focus on our stuff." Uh, in this case, basketball. That's so, true. I thought that was rather insightful. Um, anyway, that's everything for me. Okay, so I've got a little bit more of a generic announcement thing. I just it occurred to me this week that um, I I just need to be thankful for uh, all my donors and sponsors, uh, large and small, for both this podcast making it possible and frankly making my job possible. Um, it's not easy to keep this machine going, but uh, with the support uh, that we get from individuals foundations and corporations uh it is possible for us to do this what we do which you know i'm still trying to figure out how to describe it 
Uh, I also want to wish everyone and, uh, and especially the listeners a happy and blessed Easter. I don't think we'll be getting together before uh, we celebrate. I feel like I'm an NPR all of a sudden. The Institute for Energy Research, our sister research organization, has released an excellent new report uh, called Energy Security is National Security. And it was written by our recent intern, Thomas Wakeman. I'm going to put this in the show notes. It's a quick read, um, but please do give it a read. It's, I think it's very, uh, uh, it's just a reminder of what, what, what this is all about yeah. and the importance of, of yeah. energy security. Yeah, let me second that. It is a good read. And then lastly, uh, and I don't know why this happened, but apparently Elon Musk put a Dogecoin mascot in place of the Bluebird. Uh, the guys were just just weird. That's all I have to say. Oh, is that, that what that is? What? Because I was like, "What the hell is that?" Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, he had some. He had some tweet where some guy many years ago said, "Why don't you just buy Twitter and replace the bird with the Dogecoin mascot?" And he literally said that would be sick, and he did it. So, I guess you can do that when you own the company, right? We're, we're so. We're those led, are my announcements. We're led by children. That's my last announcement. <laughs> All right, this day in history, I've got two funerals and a retirement. So that's my hint. That's my hint. Lay it on me. All right. 1955, the year 1955. April 5th, 1955? Yes, sir. Joe DiMaggio. No, it's not Joe DiMaggio. Sir. Sir is another hint. Sir is another hint. Uh, Sir Elton John was born. I don't know, Sir Sir Sir, Sir, Sir Winston Sir Winston Church, Leonard Spencer oh, Churchill. Yeah, well, he didn't really retire. I mean, he got beat. No, no, this is a retirement. Okay, he retired this time, so he did get beat after the war, trounced, in fact. But uh, interestingly enough, uh, he was very he was happy, not happy, but gracious. He said they have a perfect right to kick us out. That is democracy, and that is what we've been fighting for. So uh, long and uh, interesting career for Winston Churchill. Won't bore, won't get into all the details due to lack of time, but did you know he switched parties many times? <laughs> That's what I learned in, in my research. Well, He was a conservative, then a liberal, then a conservative. Uh, in between, he kind of like checked out. So, uh, But anyway, Winston Churchill retired on this day. And in 1976, uh, 1976, is this the death or, or something else? This is, well, it's one, two funerals and a retirement. Okay. So. so this is one of the deaths. 1976. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you a hint. Uh, it's the way of the future. Well, oh, oh, uh, Howard Hughes died. Yes, sir. Oh, Howard, yeah. Hughes, Howard Robard Hughes, one of the richest men to emerge from the American West during the 20th century, dies while flying from Acapulco to Houston. Of course, you know, uh, he pi pioneered a lot of uh, what we're uh, enjoying in, in the field of aviation. The guy, the, and, guy, uh, the, the, guy, the guy was an enormous talent. I, I, absolutely. I, I try to explain it to my kids. I think I've been through this once before. I try to explain it to my kids. that are like, who's Howard? After we saw the movie, I'm like, just imagine if like Bill Gates um, was like also made movies 
and dated actresses, dated beautiful actresses, well, and and and, 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 and flew his own planes. Well, I don't. I okay. I, I'll take. I'll take issue with the Bill Gates because Bill Gates basically just. I was trying to think of somebody of comparable. Hired some software, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? I was, I was trying to think. I of mean, somebody... this guy like built stuff, like he flew tr- stuff, and right, he right. he pushed envelopes. All right, more like Steve Jobs, maybe. No, all right, Trumpy man, just sit still while I explain <laughs> it. I was trying to think of somebody who's like comparable in terms of public identification. Okay, fair enough. You know, right. he, he changed. Yeah. He 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 changed. He revolutionized aviation. He revolutionized movies. At that, and he's he was basically a loon, but, and this is something important. Um, no other country on this planet would have would have he, could he have done what he did, you know. Hundred percent. A guy who was like eh, sort of iffy. Only in America people give him enough runway to do what he runway literally to do what he needed to do. So I think that I actually I'm not a Leo fan personally, but I do think that movie was really good. So, so check out I. the Aviator; it was really, really so good. I. I love the I love when he takes on the Senate, the Senator from Maine, who was protecting Pan Am. That was one of my favorite scenes. Really, so. I liked any scene with Kate Beckinsale. It, it. It's like Ben Zyker and Senator Whitehouse the other week. Same same concept. Yeah. All right, this one is a little more uh, pop culture. In 1994. 1994. Um, it's a funeral, right? Well, it's a death. It's the day of the death. Uh, uh, I'll give you another hint. Uh, suicide. Kurt Cobain. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah. Talk about a shot in the dark. Yeah. Well done, man. Hey, after missing Churchill, I had to get something. So anyway, the you, uh, most people are young enough to know the story of Kurt Cobain. The interesting part is, is there there are still a large faction of people out there who think that his former wife, uh, Courtney Love, had a lot to do with it. Uh, but anyway, so that's this day in history. Real, real uplifting stuff. So, yeah. yeah. What do you want to do first, elections or energy? Your call entirely, young man. All right, let's do energy and let's talk about OPEC. Uh, as you uh, know, OPEC announced a OPEC Saudi Arabia uh, announced a was it 1.16 something, something like that number yeah about, about a million uh, a little bit north million barrels per day cut in oil. Yeah. Uh, this was this was not OPEC plus. Uh, this was Saudi Arabia coming out and and being a little bit aggressive. President Biden's response was something along the lines of, quote, it's not going to be as bad as you think. Uh, that's that's the extent of what he had to say. And, of course, that's what prompted the press secretary, secretary to say that uh, uh, the president is doing everything he can to make us energy independent. Couple of, I just have a couple of points on this. Um, first, this is, in my opinion, this is sort of a shot back at President Biden for saying he's going to refill the strategic reserve, but not actually doing anything to do that. Um, And two, this, in my opinion, follows on the heels of the moves that he has been making with China, Um, investing huge amounts of money, his Royal Highness, investing huge amounts of money in a refinery in China, uh, working on securing the, the oil for that refinery, and then also this whole, you know, 
China brokering uh, peace with Iran or, or, or you know, re retaining or re returning relationship with Iran. So this is a bad trend. Uh, this is Saudi Arabia sort of going on, going alone. We've had a long and interesting history with the with the country. Um, but this administration, again, indifference or weakness, I think, is 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 resulting in uh, these moves by Saudi Arabia. Those are my thoughts. Yeah, I don't think it had anything to do with the SPR. Really? No. I, you know, the, the Saudis don't. The Saudis aren't 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 capricious. Right. Um, but it, and, and I don't think it had anything to do with the Chinese, although the, the, the swing towards China is obvious. Um, and, you know, if you're if you're the Saudi Arabians, you're you're thinking maybe I need to hedge my bets a little bit here. Um it's probably smart, right? Because what happens if Biden, re you know, gets reelected? It's not like the country is going to surge to greatness. You know, you're you're going to want to have friends who aren't the United States. Um, so that's going on for sure. And the other thing is the you know the the, the Saudis and everybody in OPEC, OPEC Plus, and everybody else has an interest in oil being at or around a hundred bucks. They just do. Yeah. That, that's like that's a number at which they make a bunch of money, and and we don't right. squawk uh, too much. Right. The so, number now is close to their break even on their budget. So, yeah. So, you know, they're, they're, they're trying, they're trying to, they're trying to, they're the same as everybody else. They're trying to figure out, are we going to have a recession here or is oil demand going to recover? If right. oil, if oil demand recovers, we're going to have a hundred dollar barrel and which is four buck gas next year. And there's part of me that wonders if the Saudis aren't doing it because they're like, you know what? I'd like to stick it to Joe. Um, you know, um, He's, yeah, he, I mean he, that goes back to my point about the SPR. Maybe it wasn't just that, but it's more of a general it worked. Uh, nod towards towards the uh, the United States that you know keep messing around and we're going to do our own thing, cut our own deals. Yeah, you know the so. the um. I hope I hope that that this China thing isn't legitimate, right? I hope it's just kind of a nod. Um, it, it you know the, the the Middle East has been swinging the American way now for. 50 years really since the end of the 73 war um it would be bad if they kind of seeped away because you know you think about it they're making progress they're making economic progress they're making social progress i mean certainly not as fast as everybody would like them to but you know they're pretty close to being like normal people um it would be bad if they wound up in the chinese orbit anymore well Look, I think I I don't think well maybe it's just fun money for these guys but you know half you know major investments in two refineries in China financing uh, you know the, you think so, you know securing the oil i mean that's it's not that's real stuff 480,000 barrels a day yeah i mean it, it's committing. it's so. fine but i mean you know if you're the saudis it's a drop in the bucket the real question's going to be if if um if the chinese are allowed into the the new project the saudis are working on right the neom thing you know if they if they wind up in the middle of that that'll be a bad sign and I suspect that'll be the next bell that rings. If 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 we see some there, it'll be bad. What the what team Biden's going to do about any of this stuff? Probably not. Yeah, well, it, probably nothing. nothing. It won't be as bad. It won't be as bad as you think. So they're, 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 they'll harumph a little bit and they'll ignore it and they'll they'll ask us to go look at something else. And then their answer, of course, is we. That's why we need to invest in wind and solar. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, I got another energy one for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. India, India burns more. Wait for it. Wait for it. Coal. Shocker. 
India is from Reuters. Uh, this was uh, this morning, in fact. India's power output grows at fastest pace in 33 years, fueled by coal. Uh, India's power generation uh, fueled by a cooler than winter, uh, usual winter in northern India, an economic recovery, uh, forcing India to crank up output from coal plants. Power generation rose 11.5% uh, in the fiscal year ending March 23 analysis of total load. Um, is expected to rise another, let's see, another 8% beginning uh, this month uh, in their new fiscal year. And the other interesting thing that struck me in this article was that, that generation from gas declined 28%. Um, and this, of course, is, you know, events and actions have consequences. We talked about this in the past. More LNG to Europe means less LNG to other places, including, you know, India doesn't want to pay those higher prices. Yeah. So what do they do? They burn coal. So look, you know, you can say this is temporary. I don't know. At the end of the day, when sorry to pull a banner there but at the end of the day whenever we these countries need energy they're going to get they're going to get it from somewhere and they're going to get it from the usually the lowest cost source of energy that's right and you know the the funny thing is so the jp morgan guy um their head of whatever big strategy big thinking um put out his letter he puts out an energy letter has for the last five or six years and it's dense it's full of a lot of great data and interesting graphs and whatnot and the thing that struck me and he didn't say this it's it's a guy named michael um symbolist he he didn't say this as an analysis but when you when you think about all the graphs together you come across you come away with two very clear thoughts in your head um one is the united states like in a lot of cases is insulated from the stupidity, our own stupidity, right? We have abundant resources of all varieties, oil, coal, natural gas, like even wind, right? If you want to do that, biomass. Um, so we don't perceive energy the same way other people do. We just look at it like, yeah, all right, we're going to do this instead of that. But when you look at what China and India especially do, right, they, they have a lot of coal, Right, so they use it. It's the low cost option. Um, in China's case, they're really big on EVs because they have no oil. They import all their oil, right? It's, yes. it, they're really exposed. They're not into EVs because they have some kind of romantic attachment to to some they, some, they, some net zero fetish. It's they're like they need to swim away from the oil producers as fast as they can. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. It, it's worth reminding people about that. It's it's not all. It's not like some. Oh my gosh, we better pay attention to special envoy carry. No, it's it's a desperate. You know, they don't have they don't have easily accessible natural gas, so they burn coal, um, and they 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 use wind to the extent they can because they're looking at coal. Like unlike us, coal is not a limitless resource for the Chinese, so. That was, to my mind, what the J.P. Morgan thing was really about, but it didn't. He Mike was busy talking about other things, so he didn't kind of bring it out. We'll put it in the show notes. It's it's about twenty five pages. It'll take you about an hour to wade through it, but man, at the end of it, it's a masterclass in energy. So just picking up on that, uh, you know, China's also building a lot of coal plants, and they're in part doing so in the areas where they produce solar panels with slave labor 
So yes, that is why China has cornered the market on solar panels. Again, they're not building solar panels because uh, they have some newfound fondness for saving the planet. Uh, they are building solar, solar panels with cheap coal so that they control the supply chain Yeah, um, of the of the products that Europe and the United States are fighting over uh, to, to, to replace the resources that we have here, yeah. of which, by the way, we have a lot of coal, a lot. Yeah. So, so the Coalition for Prosperous America, um, they just coughed up a report on the solar thing. If I can find it, we'll put that in the show notes too. Um, about the solar industry in China, right? The whole the whole chain in China, why they why they went after solar, how they're using it to build, how they're using the cash they're getting off the selling of the panels to us to build their military. It's a pretty interesting report. It's about forty five pages. I recommend everybody take a read on that too. Sorry. All right. Um, well, look, I'm I'm glad that India is doing what it can to uh, reduce energy poverty in that country because it exists in a big way. So. Um, I'm done with energy. What do you have? Anything on energy, environment, transportation, EVs, all of that good stuff? I don't think so, except for, like I said, the the two memos that are, we're going to put in the show notes we just discussed. Great. All right. On to elections. Yay. So the progressives, the the Dems are are boasting and bragging that uh, uh, alongside of Trump's indictment and, and arrest or whatever, um, they had a scored a huge victory in Wisconsin, Mr. McKenna. This is from National Public Radio. Yesterday, uh, for the first time in 15 years, liberals win control of the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Yeah. Uh, Janet Protaskowitz, I think I pronounced that That's right. pretty close, yeah. Won the hotly contested race for the Supreme Court, according to the AP, defeating her former state uh, court justice, Dan Kelly. Spending in the campaign shattered the previous national record for a state Supreme Court election. Um, comes at a pivotal time for the court and for Democratic voters who carried her into office. Justices are all but certain to hear and a challenge to the pre-Civil War abortion ban. With a new liberal majority, they're likely to consider a lawsuit that could overturn the Republican-drawn legislative maps as well. Yeah. Um yeah, about forty-two million bucks spent on this thing. A couple of things that you got to know. First off, um, it really wasn't a close race. Um, you know, Dan Kelly, the 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 Republicans under the, the Democrats outperformed the the Republicans in the jungle primary uh, by about fourteen points. I have no idea what what Dan Kelly lost by last night, um, but I know this is the second time Dan Kelly's lost. I know he was outspent that forty-two million bucks. That was about eighty-five fifteen. Um, Democrat, Republican, right? He was outspent five to one, six to one, something, something like that. So not a huge surprise. Not good either. The thing is, the gerrymandering probably doesn't matter. Republicans control the Wisconsin state legislature, probably will for a while. Um, and, you know, I'm not quite sure what that court's going to be able to do about the 1849 abortion law. Um yeah, you know, the way the Wisconsin split, right? The, the Republicans control both houses of the state legislature. Democrats yeah. are holding on to the Senate, holding on to the governorship, rather. And the Senate, the senators are about as mismatched a pair as you can possibly imagine, right? 
What a funky political state, Wisconsin. Right? Well, you know, a friend of mine, a friend of mine who grew up in Wisconsin, told me that look, you got to understand this about Wisconsin, right? It's it's um, half communist and half libertarian, and you know, everyone kind of kind of takes turns like who's going to run it, but it's always fairly polite. Um, the thing that the thing that I thought was interesting in the last week or so of that campaign, I've been watching this campaign for a while. Last week or so of this campaign. What started to sneak into Democratic mailers was, hey, here's our chance to to wind back all of Scott Walker's reforms. <laughs> They're still mad at Scott Walker. Right. That's first off, that's the first thing I thought. I'm like, <laughs> dude, let it go. But the other dude. thing is, other thing is, lots of his reforms are education reforms. Um, which comes to my point here. The fight we're gonna fight for the next 10 years, um, apart from energy. We are going to fight about teachers choice. and parents. And, and choice. Yes. Yeah. Teachers 100%. and parents. And, yep. And I... I well, and, and that's a great segue because uh, there was another election in Chicago. Yeah. This is from Politico. Progressive Brandon Johnson wins Chicago's mayor's race. Johnson came back to defeat moderate Paul Vallis in a race focused on crime and Johnson's ties to the city's powerful teachers unions. Yeah, well, I mean, guy used to be an organizer for the for the CTUs, right? So, I mean, yes. not just ties, he used to be them. So, yes. Yeah, 5149. Yeah. So, that's what what it's looking like the split is. Yeah. Uh jo Johnson's uh victory signals a shift to the left. <laughs> so they kicked out Lori Lightfoot because she was horrible on crime. And of course they put in someone who was arguably as uh, crazy or, or more. He's than probably, she. he's probably going to be better on crime because you know, the cops have a union too. Um, so Cook County lost, I don't know how many Cook County's lost 100, 150,000, some number like that, 150,000 people in the last couple of years and census over census. They've been dropping now for three censuses in a row. If I remember my, my facts correctly. Um, I hesitate to say this because I don't want to write off any part of America, um, but I get the feeling that all a lot of our major cities, not all of them, but a lot of our major cities are in a secular decline, that all the people who would have voted for Vallis got out. They left. They went somewhere else. They went to Texas. They went to Kansas. They got the hell out of Chicago. It's, you know, it. there's no other way to look at that data, right? And and the question you got to ask yourself, and this is a Lee Zeldin question too in New York State, right? Are Is anybody ever normal going to get elected there again? And the answer in New York State is probably no. Now that New York City and its suburbs are more than 50% of the state population, right? Um, and you're starting to wonder about Chicago. You know, Philadelphia, I've I've looked at Philadelphia as a lost cause for a, a number of years, right? They've been losing population since the 70s. But I'm starting to think about Chicago and Los Angeles being in that same category of, of people, right? We're lose, you lose a bunch of population. And the thing is, the population that you're losing are the guys you want to stay, you want to have stay. Right, they're the people who have options, which means they have skills, or at least they work hard. They can go somewhere else and make a living. That's what they're doing. 
I, this Chicago thing was very discouraging. Wisconsin, I expected to lose. Chicago, I was like, how can anybody look at this like it's a good idea? Okay, I've got one more. It's not an election per se, yeah. but it is some breaking political news. This is from the New York Post, just because I love the New York Post. North Carolina Democrat rep Trisha Cotham yeah. secretly switches to the Republican Party. So she's from Charlotte. She won um, a, crowd, a, a crowded Democratic primary by a pretty fair amount. Um, she took a pass on some uh, gun uh, legislation uh, recently where they were trying to override a veto. Yep. Um, giving the giving the Republicans the override. And it was sort of this weird thing where like they they congratulated her uh, and then she sort of liked the tweet where they congrat like I guess there's some formal announcement maybe today as we record here. But uh, the bottom line is that she's giving the Republicans uh, a veto proof majority in North Carolina with her switch. So uh, kind of big news for North Carolina. Have they joined the country? Have they rejoined in the wake of the Civil War yet? <laughs> they have? Um, the actually, Democrats, of course, want her to resign. They're hopping mad. Actually, uh, let me... Da -da 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 -da. Breaking news. The Republican State Leadership Committee sent out a press release about an hour ago that said, today, North Carolina State Rep. Trisha Cotham held a press conference announcing her intention to switch her party affiliation from Democrat to Republican giving the Republican State House of Representatives a super, super duper majority. Ding, ding, ding. So Republicans little election news outside of Donald Trump land. Republicans in the Tar Heel State will now have super majorities in the House and the Senate. That's got to be tough to be a governor where, like, they can just run you over anytime they want. All right. Well, speaking of governors. I feel bad. I feel bad for Roy I love Cooper. these transitions, man. You just... <laughs> I don't, it's like it's it's almost as if we talked to each other beforehand, but we kind of don't. But we so. don't. Uh, Governor Gavin, yeah, man. Governor Gavin, uh, this is from the Washington Post. Yes, he's got a new. He's got a new crusade. Oh, brother. He's, he has formed the Campaign for Democracy PAC. This is from the Washington Post. Newsom forms new group to fight rising authoritarianism authoritarianism in red states. The California governor, who is widely viewed as a potential Democratic White House contender, plans to travel to states where freedom is most under attack. <laughs> so uh, his first stop on his whistle stop tour was in Sacramento, uh, Alabama. His first stop was Sacramento. No! <laughs> You're stealing my thunder, man. <laughs> Go ahead. His first stop was in Alabama. Where, uh, here is his tweet, uh, while the media circus focuses on the politics of hate and division today, it's never been more important to organize from the bottom up. States like Alabama that were ground zero for the fight for civil rights are experiencing a massive rollback of freedoms led by the GOP. All right, dude wow. is banning cars. That's, that's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, that dude is banning cars. Dude is banning all kinds of stuff. Dude, dude is banning stoves. Dude is mandating solar panels on all new homes. I'm sure he'd like to take your guns if he, if like he could. Dude wants the guns, of course. I, uh, but yet somehow these red states 
are taking away our freedoms. This guy, like like you said, what his first stop should be Sacramento, where he's supposed to be governing a state instead of running for president in what 2028, 2032. I predict he's gonna run now. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna run now. You heard it here first. All right. So Biden's that well, that might make sense because President Biden said he's not in a hurry. That's right. And and that to announce his reelection. And and if you remember, and I've said this a bunch of times, the deeper he goes into 2023, the bigger advantage it's going to give to to Vice President Harris. If you're Gavin Newsom, you got to set up something like this campaign for Democrats, campaign for democracy, whatever he's calling it. Um so when this thing happens, you already have a bunch of money tucked away somewhere ready to go. That's what this is about, I'm sure. I'm sure, because it also gives them an excuse to wander around the countryside talking about how terrible guns and gas stoves and cars and oil and gas and people with too much gel in their damn hair are. Yeah, I just find it interesting and ironic that he's uh, it's just, it's Jack just, messing with de- red state governors for attacking freedom. Uh, speaking of red state governors, uh, this is uh, also breaking news. This is from Axios. Dems dump 500 pages of DeSantis opposition research. Yeah. So American Bridge, 21st century. Uh, what are they? Uh, they're Soros and, you know, what, what is that? Uh, Arabella. They're, they're the, the big, the big op research de- Democrat progressive group. Compiled a trove. How much? How of, much? Of how a much? trove. A trove. How much? Okay. Of opposition okay. research as a preemptive strike on Florida Governor Ron DeSantis's 2024 presidential campaign. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is there such a thing as a postemptive strike? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. <laughs> so, in the words of of another famous Irishman, Finley Peter Dunn, politics ain't beanbag. One of the things I'm looking forward to, and and President Trump's the kind of guy who could do this, this indictment, we might actually finally have a conversation about Soros and- uh, and Oh, you're not allowed to do that. And the the Swiss guy, um, what's his name? Hansenborg, Vice, Vice, right? Yes. You're not allowed to talk about those guys because you know what that means, right, if you do. so. No, what does it mean? You're an anti-Semite. Is the Swiss guy Jewish too? Oh, I don't know. I'm talking about Soros. Is George Soros Jewish? Is he? So, Georg oh, Soros. Can't talk. You're not allowed to talk about George Soros. So. Yeah. Well, I'm going to anyhow because I figure, what the hell? Um, I'm looking forward to this conversation about how all this foreign money is filtering in, and and I have a serious question, and I might ask it. Start asking it to to Farrah lawyers. If you know that your money originates outside the United States, um. How is it you're not a foreign agent? How is it you're not a foreign agent? How is it you're not a foreign agent if you're taking money from George Soros and this Swiss dude? I, I, why aren't you registered under the Foreign Agent Registration Act? We, why don't we ask the uh, Manhattan uh, District Attorney uh, that question since he's largely funded by Soros? I'm just going to so. keep. I'm going to keep asking these questions until somebody answers it. I mean, I'm hey, sure any of you reporters out there who are listening, go dig that up, will you? I'm sure there's a good. I'm sure there's all the a good climate, answer. all the climate reporters should should check in on that. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm sure. All right, I've got one more, so I'll hold until uh, you you get get your list out. I'm done. I I just have one thing. Oh. I just have one really quick thing. Um, at one point, and I and I didn't flag it, so I don't have the exact quote. But at one point, two days ago, somebody asked a, a Trump person, you know, one of the entourage about this whole thing, this thing in New York. And I'm not kidding you. The quote was, "It's like he's Jesus. He's taking on other all of the sin and pain away from us um, and carrying in himself." And I was just like, "Okay, I." I as a propagandist myself, I get it. There's times with propaganda is appropriate, but I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, and I believe this with all my heart, that my former boss is not, in fact, the second person in the Holy Trinity. He is not the Son of God, nor is he any figure of a Son of God. But it, it just, it, I just read it. It was a political. I was just like, are you freaking kidding me? I bet you 50 bucks it was like, uh, I don't know. I didn't even know any of those guys went to mass. Even like could even get that. So I, you know, I don't know. Uh, well, I'll hold up. I'll hold comment on that. So, all right. I, this is just one announcement. Um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with him. I assume you are because you're very well read and have a good sense of uh, history. But uh, Nigel Lawson, the economic uh, chancellor of the Exche Exchequer, Exchequer, uh, passed away. At, nine, at 91, of course, he was attributed to helping Margaret Thatcher and the conservatives with the uh, the boom, the economic boom that was uh, in the UK under Margaret Thatcher. Um, and he was pretty pro, uh, pretty interesting guy, very, very, very outspoken. Um, he uh, after he did that, he went on to uh, become, a, as the New York Times put it, a high-profile skeptic on global warming, and he is the <laughs> father of the celebrity chef yes. Nigella. Yes, Lawson. yes. And she's only doing what she's doing because during a, a stretch, uh, during a post-service stretch, he he went on some radical diet and then just you know started writing you know. Uh, about uh, all, all kinds of nutrition type stuff. So you know who you reminded me of? Remember the exchange we had about Phil Hartman? Yes. Same kind of guy. Like whatever he's, you know, latched onto, he was just brilliant at it. Yeah. So, um, so rest in peace, Nigel Lawson. I want to read a quote. About Nigel? Yeah. He. This was a quote from him, and, and I'm actually going to try to, I'm going to lift it, but I'm going to give him credit for it. Net zero is a disastrous solution to a non-existent problem. That's a that's a good answer. Um, and let me just say, um, his daughter is just just she's the bee's knees. She's the bee's knees. I would. Say. I'll leave it at that. I leave it at that. I got one. I got a clip to close. Yeah. Are we ready? Is it from light? It, tell me it's from. Tell me it's from Nigella no, Lawson. No, it's, it's actually some words of wisdom okay. from Andy Griffin from okay. the Andy the show. I, I was I stumbled across this during my research, and it it was good. So I thought I'd play it for our fans. Let's have it. Who's to say that the boy would be happier your way or mine? Why not let him decide? Now I'm afraid it don't work that way. You can't let a youngin decide for himself. He'll grab at the first flashy thing with shiny ribbons on it. And when he finds out there's a hook in it, it's too late. 
Wrong ideas come packaged with so much glitter, it's hard to convince them that other things might be better in the long run. And all a parent can do is say, wait, trust me, and try to keep temptation away. Well, that is a wrap, ladies and gentlemen, for the Unregulated Podcast. Number 127 is in the books. Have a happy and blessed Easter. Namaste. Namaste.